So you, if you are in a youth group, you do get to experience that, all that fun stuff that's happening. And uh, honestly, if you can watch that and not want to go, then, you know, there's something going on. You know, I know you, I know you all want to go. And, uh, and, you know, if you feel so inclined as well to chaperone, you know, anyone's welcome to do so. Um, I'm staring at one of our former chaperones right now. So um, I'm Pastor Justin. I'm super excited that you guys are with us this weekend. Uh, we have had uh, a, a tremendous summer, as Tom said, that we've, uh, we've been in this uh, series called This Is My Story. We've heard from uh, various people on our board explain their story. We've told about why our stories matter. Uh, what, what is the, what's the big deal? Why are we in this series at all? Is because you all have a story. You all have a story about Jesus Christ. And, and we, we want to tell that story. We want to explain why that story matters, what, what, uh, what you can do to tell other people about that story. And it's just, it's an amazing thing that you guys get to experience. And I just want to thank you for spending just not only this weekend with us, but this summer with us. It's, uh, it's truly been amazing. To, and hearing your stories individually, hearing what you're doing in this community, that you're telling other people about who Jesus is and that, uh, that he is amazing. And I, yeah, if you, if you have any doubt about uh, what your uh, people are doing in this room, just talk to them, honestly. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to hear um, their stories and what's going on. So uh, today, uh, I get to share with you a little bit about something that I have a personal passion about. Last week, I told you some silly German words and you forgot them, uh, and uh, about worldview and about how your worldview affects everything that you do and everything that you see. So if you have uh, your family influences your worldview, your geographic location, your religion and what you dedicate your lives to, and then media influences your, your worldview and how you see the world and how you see your life. And today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something else that, that is kind of uh, a, a passion of mine, and that's evangelism. And evangelism is, is a really... Uh, Fun word of saying, uh, spreading the good news, telling other people about who Jesus is, about how good he is, about how great he is, and that, uh, that you get to do that. Some of you might know it as, as witnessing. Uh, some of you might know it as, as simply as, as telling this story, the, the good news of Jesus. Because that's what, the, the, if you break down the word into its roots, that's what evangelism is. It's telling others the good news. A little bit about my story uh, is that, uh, that you know, I, I love evangelism because of kind of how I became, uh, became a Christian and, and knowing that uh, I, I grew up uh, not really going to church that often, but I went to, it was, it's a, it's a young life camp, but it was also uh, wildlife, so it's for middle schoolers. Became a Christian through that organization and uh, then was developed into uh, who I am today because of another group on campus ministry called the Navigators. And, you know, just started learning about what church is like and, and you know, learning about evangelism, what, what spreading the gospel is all about. And just that so many things influenced me. And now I, now I follow people on YouTube with uh, your favorite uh, uh, growing pain star Kirk Cameron and his friend Ray Comfort, right? They have they have their uh, their their ministry where they share the gospel with people, and it's it's kind of a, it's it's incredible when you think about stories and when you think about evangelism, and that uh, it's okay, Isla. It's not that important, right? No, I'm joking. Uh, so honestly, uh, your story matters. 
I just want to say that right now. Your story matters. And it matters because there is uh, how you became a Christian, how you first heard about the good news, truly matters. Because it's a part of who you are. It's a part of what you know. So take a moment to think about that for a minute for yourself. How did you get to where you are today? How did you hear about who Jesus is? Who told you? Was it in a large group setting uh, like, like I experienced at, at a camp? Or was that a church revival, like a, like a Billy Graham revival? Was it, was it something like that? Did someone take these scriptures and, and walk, them, uh, walk through them with you? Or they sat down with you and said, follow along with me. Here's how you got here. Here's what your situation is like. Or did someone just tell you a story about how they became a Christ follower as well? Think about that for a minute. How did you get to where you are today? Because that story truly matters. Because that's going to influence how you tell the story about Jesus Christ to other people. When you have that story in your life, and, and it, either no matter what it is, it, 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 all, it all matters because your story is going to influence that. How you, how you became a Christian and your testimony, which I talked about a couple weeks ago, is going to influence how you talk to other people. But talking to other people about your influence, about your life, about who Jesus is, isn't always the easiest thing to do. I'll tell you right now, it's not the easiest thing to do, um, but, but it's, it's very important. I'm going to explain to you why in a minute. But I also want to tell you that there is, a, there is a large group of people, some of you are in this room, and there are some, some of you are, are watching online, and whether you know it or not, all of you are being influenced by the trends of millennials, okay? And I know that millennial is kind of like a buzzword, but here, follow, follow along with me. You'll know if you're a millennial if you, if you know one of these things, okay? If I say Uncle Jesse... Who do you think of? What, what do you think of? I just want to hear it. Full house. Full house? Okay. And what's another, what's another Uncle Jesse that's not full house? Dukes of Hazard, right? So that's how you know. If, if, you, are, if, you, believe in, uh, if you believe that you hear your Uncle Jesse and then you think of full house, you're a millennial, okay? If you think of Dukes of Hazard, you are not a millennial. And so, uh, if you, if also, if you fall in between uh, the years of 1984 and 1998, then you are in that millennial category. And so, those trends, the millennials in this world, are influencing a lot of what we do, whether it be media or how we, uh, how, you know, how we, the trends that we do now. The things that we're doing now are influenced by the millennials in this world. And, that, and that, is, that, is a, that is a good thing, and it's also a bad thing, because you don't want to follow a lot of my habits. Uh, but also, uh, you know, there, some of these things that we're doing and some of these things that we're discovering and how we are spreading the gospel is very good and very, very, uh, very important in how we, are, how we understand. So 80, uh, 90% of the people that consider themselves millennials feel that they are equipped well enough to spread the gospel, but only 10% of them actually do. Only 10% of them actually do. And I could go on for another two hours or so and explain to you the reasons and the ins and outs and the cultural influence of why that's the case. 
But a lot of it is because we don't know how to start. We don't know where to begin. And I'm saying we because I'm part of that. I'm part of that group. We don't know how to, how to do that. We, we have this book, this Bible. We can, we can tell you by this Bible. We, can, we have YouTube videos. We have volumes and volumes of books telling us how to spread the gospel, how to do it in the most influential way, how to even persuade people to do that. And we still find it hard to do. We still find it kind of gritty. We still find it very difficult. And yet we still don't do it. A lot of the reason goes down to why. Why don't we tell the gospel? Why don't we have this, this thing that we love so much, this truth that we love so much? The, the, why, why are we not moved to tell people that Jesus came to this earth to live righteously for us, that we were supposed to do all these things and follow these rules, and we have fallen so, so short of all those things? That he came to this earth to live righteously for us, and then he died sacrificially for us so that our sins against God, the things that we did against God, could be forgiven, so they can be removed from us. So that when Jesus is raised from the dead, that we can be with him forever and ever in his glory. Why don't we get so moved to do that? We're going to be in the book of Matthew today. And... In the book of Matthew, in uh, chapter 9, Jesus is traveling around, and I'm going to explain a little bit about why this matters, why telling the gospel matters so much. Starting in chapter 9, verses 35, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Even Jesus spread the gospel. Even Jesus spread the news about himself. So that's important that we do it too. If Jesus is doing it, we can do it too. He's, ta- he's talking about himself. He's talking about what he's going to do, what he's already done, if we believe in him. Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I'm going to stay on here for just a second. When sheep are wandering around, when sheep are, are, are without a shepherd, there is going to be one sheep in front, and they're all going to follow that sheep no matter where they go. That could be into the wilderness. It could be into a river. That could be over a cliff, literally over a cliff. The sheep, the sheep are going to follow that lead sheep without a shepherd without showing them where to go, without protecting them. But Jesus saw the crowds, and he had compassion for them. He cared about them. He saw that they were harassed and helpless. Very early in my uh, ministry, and when I started doing ministry, I, I was praying for this, that I would have this compassion, that I would see this compassion, that I would have it in my heart, and honestly, it, it's something that should be so moving to us that we should all be praying for it all the time. That we should be praying for this compassion. That we can see crowds. We can go to, I don't know, Target on a Sunday. God bless you. But you can look at the crowd that's there and say, they are harassed. They are helpless. They are sheep without a shepherd. They don't know who Jesus is. 
that should move you to do the next thing, which is tell them the good news of who Jesus is. Where you see these people, and I, and I did it when I was in, uh, when I was in college. I, I would, we would be in a very crowded hallway, and I would see all these people leaving and going to class and coming back and going back and forth. And then I would say, these people need to know who Jesus is. So whether you're going to Target, you're going to a Bulldog game, you're going to work, you're, going, you're, you're just driving, seeing these people that are out in the crowds, these people that are harassed and helpless and sheep without a shepherd, have compassion for them because they don't know the good news. Then he said to his disciples, so this is Jesus talking to his friends who know exactly what he's doing, know exactly what he is doing and what his mission and purpose on this earth is for. Jesus says to his friends, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's talking to his fellow laborers. He's saying, there are not enough of you. There are not enough of you. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. That's one of my weekly prayers for the people here at Easter, that you would multiply and multiply and multiply so that you can send out more laborers into the harvest field so no more people can know about Jesus Christ. That you would have those things. And honestly, the, the best word for it is laborers. The people who are working and doing tough things because it is not easy to share the gospel with other people. But it should become our priority. It should become what we are moved to do, to tell all these people. And we're going to be in the book of Acts to show just exactly how important that is. We're going to be in Acts 16 as an example of, it, of what happened when people chose to have the gospel, to share the gospel with people over their own circumstances. So follow along with me in chapter 16, starting in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. The jailer wanted to kill himself instead of facing what would be a, a terrible punishment for having these, these Christians that were in jail escape. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that punishment. They're going to... I'd rather kill myself instead of dealing with that. He was desperate. He, 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 needed, he needed something. He was, he was harassed. He was helpless. He needed something. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear. Or no, Paul, but Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them in, up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with them, his entire household, that he had believed in God. 
Later on in the story, he goes on to say that I don't want to be uh, associated with, uh, with, with the jail anymore. I don't want to be associated with these people. I want to only know Jesus Christ. He thought it was good for him to know who Jesus is because he did a miracle. And Paul and Silas sat down with him and showed him this word and said, we would rather be in jail in these circumstances and tell you the gospel than be set free. We would rather tell you the good news of who Jesus Christ is and what he did on this earth than be set free. And like I said, this, is, this isn't something that's easy to do. Even for me, as, as a preacher, as a, as a deliverer of good news, it's not always easy to tell other people your faith. It's just not. Opportunities come and opportunities go where you're able to do that. But I can tell you more times often than not, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I want to tell someone the good news, when I want to tell someone the gospel of Jesus Christ, I don't know what to say. But I pray to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know where, where you want me to go with this person. I don't know what scripture you want me to use. But I know that you're going to be with me. I know you're going to be with me and you're going to help me spread this gospel. Help me now. And most of the time, I don't recall what I said. I don't recall what I read. But someone knows who Jesus is because of what the Holy Spirit's doing through us. By that faith, by trusting who he is and what he's doing with us. Sometimes you can use different methods of evangelism. Sometimes you can just walk through the scriptures. And sometimes it's simply as just telling your story, your testimony. But it's about being around other people. It's about seeing those crowds and going into those crowds. And the really simple way to do that is just by saying, talking with them, having a conversation is something that you want to talk to them about, having a common interest, having, asking them what they're interested in. And you can move on to the idea of purpose. What's the purpose of this thing? What's the purpose of enjoying these things? What's the purpose of, of watching these TV shows that we like to watch? Or what's the purpose of, of enjoying this sort of thing? You get on to philosophical questions from there. I've had multiple conversations where I've said, What's the purpose of this? And it moves on to, I believe that I was put on this earth to make it a better place. That's the first thing you say. I believe I was put on this earth to make it a better place. Because who can really argue with that? Honestly, I, I, I would love to argue with someone that says, I was put on this earth to make it worse. Got to destroy it. I got to destroy relationships. When, when you say that that's your purpose... I, I pray that it's true, number one, but also no one's going to argue with that as it being your purpose. I was put on this earth to make it a better place. And I do this, this is the second part, I do this through love. I do this through love. And the best example of that love, this is the third thing, is through the love of Jesus Christ. That he had a sacrificial love that can that can't exceed any other type of love there is. Even Jesus talked about it, that, that, uh, that no greater love than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. 
So it's saying that you're put on this earth to make it a better place. You, know, you do this through love, and you do it through the example of Jesus Christ. That's as easy as sharing your faith. Someone's going to have a conversation with you. I pray that this week someone has a conversation with you where that comes up. And you're forced to say, uh, I know Pastor Justin talked about this this week. How do I do that again? It's okay if you forget. It's okay. But I will, I, I will assure you that, that praying to the Holy Spirit and asking for help will always come to you. Praying for, that, for, that, uh, for those words, praying for those things to say. That by doing those things, by, by spreading the good news, by spreading the gospel, by, by letting people know how great and how good and how amazing Jesus Christ is, that they can receive grace, that they re- can receive mercy, that they can receive hope, that they can receive restoration through him. And that's better than anything else in the whole world. That if you have that good news, don't you want to share it with everybody? That all the people around you, you want to share it with everyone that you see. The, 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 this, is the, this is the cornerstone of our faith, that he is Lord of all, that, that the, the weak are made strong, and that we are faultless, and that the Savior's love is good. That we should also have that love. And I touched on this a little bit last week about the, in Colossians 3. Colossians 3.14 says this, and above all these, th- all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Put on that love for others. That love that moves you to be an evangelist, to be a witnesser of Jesus Christ, to be a spreader of good news. You all have the ability to do that. You just have to know why you want to, that you can. Sometimes it's, it's going to be difficult. Sometimes you're going, to, you're going to see people that need to know who Jesus is and you're not going to know what to say. Sometimes you'll walk away. Sometimes you'll be scared. That's okay. It's, it's going to happen. But there's sometimes when God's going to ask you to be so bold that he's going to ask you to stay in jail instead of being set free. Uh, um, I, you, what you need to do is you need to go through these cancer treatment, treatments in order to get to know other people and, and sh- share the good news of the gospel. There's going to be some times when you're going to have to go through a job loss in order good news of the, who Jesus is. And that's going to be okay. God's going to bring you through those things for, the, for, the, for his good, for his glory so that you can celebrate with him and make heaven more crowded and make this a part of your story. So as the team comes back up here, I want you to think about your story and what God gave to you to tell other people. How did Jesus change your life? What parts of the good news of Jesus Christ are you telling other people? Are you saying to those people how amazing he is and how good he is and the great things that he's done for you as we sing about that today? Father God, I pray that my friends here today would just grow in that compassion for you, 
that they would grow in the compassion for others, that they would see these crowds that they are in as the people are helpless, that they are harassed. They are sheep without a shepherd. And that you, God, would give them the words in their hearts to spread your good news. That you lived righteously for us. That you died sacrificially for us in love so that our sins can be forgiven. And that you are raised from the dead so that we can be with you in glory forever and ever. Jesus, I pray that my friends here would spread that good news by saying that they have a purpose on this earth to make it a better place. That they do this through love. And that you are the example of that love. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.